Hi there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know direct from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of our podcast, Wedding Secrets Unveiled. We have today Luke Renchen from Luke Renchen Entertainment. I'm super excited to introduce you to him. He is a spokesperson of the Rhode Island Coalition Group, and he's also the president of the Rhode Island Wedding Group. Hello, Luke. How are you today? Good. What's going on, Sarah? You know, living the COVID dream over here. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I am very excited to have you on today, speaking of COVID, because you are the go-to right now in Rhode Island for all things COVID about reopening RI. Not something I expected to be in place, but uh, it kind of fell in my lap, and uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of where it rolled from, so... Um, we're trying to obviously move forward to get events to happen for both uh, weddings and events for both couples that are planning and uh, for an industry that's been really trying to get back to work. So um, and, and doing what they do best, and that's making these magical weddings and, and events happen. I think it's really important, too, for the listeners right now to understand that um, there's been a lot of work that you've been putting in on their behalf, on the industry's behalf. I mean, I want to thank you from being a vendor in the industry. Um, and I just think it's really important that for those listeners to know that you are right there in it every day, pretty much all day, I would, I've been seeing. But I just think it's great that, you know, what you've been doing for the industry. But I really wanted to have you on today because I wanted to uh, talk about all the regulations that are happening, things down the pipeline. And I really would like to hear it right from the horse's mouth. Um, so with that said, I think a lot of today we should just kind of talk about what's happening in Rhode Island, what we know is happening. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking about their own weddings coming up for 2021. So we're going to just dive right in. Sounds good to me. So with that said, I know I see a lot of questions coming through the Facebook groups and also through your own text messages and just through my couples. I mean, across the board, people are asking about testing. Yes. So testing has become part of the events that are taking place at this point. Uh, It was mentioned back in October about adding it in. And they came up with first a plan to have it done in-house with a program that they were doing, a pilot program that they were offering for also restaurants for um, for them to attest the employees. And somehow it just developed into um, kind of a, a change. And we had a mock wedding that we did, and we had tested it all out. There was the pilot program of, of kind of testing uh, guests and vendors on the spot. And uh, it was definitely kind of brought some challenges to the table, you know, trying to see, okay, what happens if 
someone tests positive that day? What happens if the couple is, is positive or uh, people are traveling together and then they find out when they get there? So our, our team and uh, again, we have a, a task force on the coalition who's been working hard on all of this over the last few months, but finally was able to change that and make it so 48 hours beforehand people could get testing because, I mean, people, if they took a trolley, they went to the wedding. If one person tested positive on that trolley, all of those people would have to quarantine and they would not be allowed into the wedding. So uh, we, had to, we had to make changes on that. And, and finally, after months of just pushing on it, uh, they, they decided 48 hours was going to be the case for testing. So um, yes, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you look at it, because people look at it in two angles, some people are really grateful that everyone's getting tested because then you know everyone in that room has tested negative for a test. Uh, and some people are worried about relatives and, and uh, immune-compromised guests that might be attending. And, uh, and then there are others that feel like they, they shouldn't have to be coming to a wedding to have a test. So it's, uh, it's, it's a tough place to be in for, um, for those that have to tell their guests, okay, you got to get tested in order to come to my wedding. On, on a lot of notes, that's, it's been challenging, um, but I think a lot of people understand uh, where we are at at this point. I mean, and it's constantly changing, but, um, but yeah, everyone has to get tested, including children, which has been another, um, another big topic, and we really asked the state really to have a, a limit cut off. What age group for including children? All ages. If you All have, ages. If you have a six-month-old baby... They have to get tested. So it's very it, so for people listening. As of right now, in the state of Rhode Island, everybody needs to get tested, even in children, forty-eight hours prior to a wedding. Um, and this is to make sure that everybody's safe and everybody's COVID negative. I think it's also too um, important to mention that I'm sure a lot of people are questioning why are the neighboring states not doing that, but we are. It's because Rhode Island has all the tests and we have the capacity to do it. I would assume. We do, yes. And uh, I mean, obviously, our states have similarities. But in this particular case, Rhode Island, they are pushing testing. And it's part of the direction that our state allowed us to start opening up. So I don't know how long testing will be in place. Uh, the more people that get vaccinated, I think that'll help. Uh, and, and looking at our neighboring states. But uh, right now, Yes, everyone has to be tested unless, of course, someone came down with COVID. If someone came down with COVID, uh, once they are clear from their 10 days, then they are not showing any symptoms. They can show a negative COVID test. What about if you have already had COVID? Then do you need a test? If you've already had COVID, you do not need a test up to 90 days after your test uh, where you tested positive. However, you do need to have been through the quarantine of, I believe, the 10 days, and then you have to be able to not show any symptoms, of course, to be able to come to the wedding or the event. But you do need to show proof that you had a, a, a positive case, a positive COVID test. Uh, so you cannot, uh, without that, you are not able to, um, again, they're, they're definitely telling you not to take a test because there's a very high probability that it may come back positive. So you have 90 days up to that point of that positive test that was taken um, where the results were um, given to you or emailed to you or texted to you. 
And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, what about individuals who've been vaccinated? Do they have to test? As of now, the state is still requiring everyone to test. And I've asked them the reason why. And they basically said that it really just makes it more of a mild case if someone gets COVID. So um, they basically kind of use the flu as an example. So when you get a flu shot, you know, you could still technically get the flu, but it's not as extreme. So the same thing with COVID, uh, you can still, and, and again, they're still trying to find information. They don't have all the answers. So they're just acting on the side of caution because uh, they don't want to be responsible for letting things loosen up and then find out that they don't have all the answers. Um, and, and all of a sudden it starts spreading. So I think, again, it looks like they're definitely trying to wait for at least herd immunity, which means 70% of the, um, the population to have uh, a vaccine in order to possibly start lifting things. But yes, as of now, you have to have a test, even though you're vaccinated. And I think we're really right now around 30% right now of who's been vaccinated or been immune to COVID. So we have a little ways to go here. So if I'm, I'm understanding correctly, when it regards to testing, for those who are listening, you have to be tested 48 hours in advance from your wedding, uh, all guests, even children. Even if you had COVID, after you have no symptoms and you've done your 10 days of quarantine, you still have, you, you, you don't test, but you have to show that you were COVID positive. Um, and then that's up to 90 days. And then obviously for those who've been vaccinated, they still have to produce a negative test. Correct. And I would stay, say this here and something that we've definitely been putting out there to our couples and to those that are the VIPs, meaning those that are family members, uh, siblings, people that you cannot have a wedding without these people at your wedding, we're recommended, make sure you get a test two weeks beforehand. So double check, make sure you get a test. And then honestly, I mean, if you want to test a few more times before that actual 48 hour requirement, make sure you do so. And obviously make safe choices. I mean, you know, don't put yourself in high risk situations and so that way you're not finding yourself testing positive 48 hours before the wedding. Because if you don't do anything and then 48 hours you come and get a test, I mean, the wedding's off and, and it's going to be a lot of uh, concerns. And how are you going to move forward with that? That's actually a great tip um, that you're giving them is that make sure that they start testing prior. And that way... Um it allows them to obviously pre-plan, but also, too, it just kind of keeps things on the radar, making sure they're doing safe decisions. I also think that it uh, should be known that in Rhode Island, rapid testing is free. So it's safe to say that in Rhode Island, you have to get the rapid test because that is the one that you need 48 hours ahead of time. The PCR test will take too long. Correct. Yes, you have to get the, uh, it's the antigen test. You can get that um, virtually. I mean, there are so many great places now in Rhode Island where you can either walk in without an appointment or you can schedule an appointment. And um, on our website, rickwep.org, R-I-C-W-E-P.org, on our resources pages, you can actually find there's a complete page that has both the regular testing sites. Then they have pop-up sites that pop up every week that sometimes change. We also include the CBS and the Walgreens because they're also offering um, testing locations, which is great because sometimes if you have people coming from out of state and they're within 48 hours, they can get a test before they come because that might not be a bad thing either for people that get tested if they're coming within 48 hours. So that way, if they find out that they're positive, they don't travel to Rhode Island 
and find out that, you know, they have to, um, they, they're not able to come to the event or the wedding. So I, I think it's, uh, uh, again, the 48-hour window is, is, you can't go more than that because it's got to be within 48 hours. But uh, definitely there are so many options for testing now, but you, you do need the, the, um, the rapid test in order to, because, uh, uh, again, the PCR test would just take too long to get an answer for. What I'll do, too, for those who are listening, is I'll put your website on the show notes, which they can find, you guys can find in our blog, the show notes. So that way, if you are looking for some testing locations for your friends and family to go to, you can go right to that website where it lists. Um, it's pretty much up to date, right? It's, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also the gatherings and the, and the, the um, all the resources on that page list everything. And so when the state updates as well, it automatically updates. So it's constantly being updated. Great. I will have that posted on the website. Moving on, I know that the big question that I keep getting is, what is pod dancing? So, first, we're just, uh, I mean, we've we've been struggling just to get any type of dancing. They said no, no, no dancing, not, nothing at all. The only thing that they would allow would be your formal traditional dances, parent dances, first dance, things of that nature. Uh, so, finally, they are going to take an approach to do dancing. So they are going after what New York is doing. So New York is doing pod dancing. So if you can see, they're kind of modeling a lot of what New York is doing, even though a lot of this stuff we implemented has been out. And I almost feel like some of the things New York took away from some of the initial things that we planned back in October. But um, so pod dancing itself, and New York also calls it zone dancing. It's really just dancing with the people that you're with. So, for instance, like table one dances with the people from table one. You know, it's kind of like the how even for cocktail hour right now, you're you're seated for cocktail hour. You're seated with the same people or for that time frame. You're seated with the same people for dinner and you'd be dancing with the same people that you had dinner with. So that's kind of the idea of what pod or zone dancing is. I also think that it's good to know. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. Um I know with the weddings that I photograph and that I've been to, it's you really don't see people dancing with random people. I mean, in essence, we're dancing with the people we know, and the people that we know are the people we're sitting with. So I think that really the word pod dancing, don't hyper-focus on it so much if you are thinking about planning your own wedding or what your wedding is going to look like. Basically, we're allowed to dance, and but we are, allow, we are allowed to dance with those people that we have been for lack of better words, quarantine with or gathering with and like our small quote unquote pod. But really, when was the last time you saw somebody just wandering the dance floor dancing with random people? So we already sort of do that pre-COVID, I would say. Right. Yes. And and I think that, uh, I mean, the big thing is that they, there has not been a lot of guidance. So I think it's just going to kind of go and, and flow with the locations and the and the, the venues that they are going to happen. So how the spaces are laid out will be up to, again, each individual venue. So you definitely want to ask your venue on how pod dancing or zone dancing may work because uh, it will be different, uh, a different format, so to speak, for each individual venue or, you know, if it's a, uh, a tented event. Again, there may be certain layouts a little bit different from from each because again, it's gonna a lot of this will fall under um, under them and how they implement it. Luke, how about masks? I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball. I mean, obviously, right now we have to wear masks. Um, when we are seated, we do not. What do you think is going to happen down the pipeline 
especially after we approach that May 1st deadline that they're trying to, you know, have everybody at least get their first shot in. What do you think that it's going to look like when come June, July, August? They Going off of the fact that COVID doesn't take a turn, if we're just cruising the way they're cruising, what do you think is going to happen with masks? Well, the CDC made a uh, announcement that if everyone is vaccinated in the group, then there does not have to be uh, mask wearing and you don't have to socially distance. So that is something that I've seen come up on different forums that some couples have been telling their um, families and friends that make sure you're vaccinated. Um, some people are, are making it exclusive to um, those vaccinated in the future. Um, just because they want to have as much of a normal wedding as they can. So in reference to mask wearing, I mean, I, I think, you know, I would say, I mean, if they're shooting for May 1st, and again, this is just, this is a guess. I, I, I wish I had a crystal ball to say this is going to happen on, you know, June 5th. But um, if, if everyone can get vaccinated and we get to that point, I mean, I, I think we are looking at, you know, maybe a, a June, July type of uh, time frame um, if, if everything falls into place. So, um, but again, there's no guarantees, but the CDC already made mention of that, which makes it uh, something that we look to be promising to us, something to look forward to. Luke, what are some other restrictions or changes that are happening for the 2021 weddings? Well, bar service has been one that a lot of people would like to go back to the traditional bar setup where you go up, order your drink. And, you know, get out of your seat, whereas of now, you know, you're being catered to your seat, which is, has been, you know, kind of convenient to some. Um, but I think even just the mere fact of getting out of your seat and grabbing a drink is kind of something that, um, you know, couples miss. And that is actually so Massachusetts is incorporating that in the next phase, which is coming out very soon. And um, I, I know Rhode Island will follow suit with that, obviously. Social distancing, I'm sure that what the idea is, there'll be markings where people will have to stand and there'll be plexiglass and, and things of that nature. But um, that is the next step. And uh, I think the only reason why they haven't done more of a, uh, a standard traditional cocktail hour walking around is because you have to remove your mask to eat or drink. So that's why they focused a lot on the tables. But I think, again, as we continue to get vaccinated and, and things continue to get um, better and, and more people keep getting tested, we are going to see the bar service come back. And uh, eventually, again, I think the um, the idea of a traditional cocktail hour where you're not just stuck at your seat will um, will eventually come back. Uh, it will come back, I, I, you know, I would say um, over the next month or two, you know, we should expect to see that. Um, the other aspect is um, stations. So food has really been more served and, and that's been it. So I know Massachusetts um, is going is actually doing now um, stations, but they have to be served by uh, one of the uh, catering staffs and they uh, tend to have to have some protection there. So that's something that's new that before they weren't letting anything like that happen. So as you can see, a lot of these things are starting to open up. Um, where you might want the stations, because some people like that idea. You know, sometimes you save time and, and some elements of that, depending on what you're doing. But um, it's it's definitely something that's changing. You know, these things are starting to come back, and they will continue to come back. I, and, and again, as we continue to, uh, again, I know they keep pushing this, but the vaccinations are what's really, that's what they're looking at. So 
Uh, and as long as that keeps happening, that's where they'll let us open up even more. You know, we talk a lot about the changes and the restrictions right now. Personally, there's some wonderful things also happening. And I'm, I'll be curious to see what stays. I've been finding that a lot of my couples with the weddings that I've been photographing, um, they're getting very unique with how they handle their wedding. So uh, we talked. you just talked about how there's no uh, bar service, uh, but there's, you know, the service bars. I, I find that some couples like that. They actually like the fact that their guests get served versus the guests having to go up to the bar. And like you said, some people want that back or they at least want the option to have it back. But it's nice to hear that you know that the state is focused on that. They know that they would like to bring that back and it, come, it comes down to vaccinations. Mm-hmm. What it really comes down to. And uh, I mean, they're still also looking at, I mean, another big thing going on is capacity. So we've upped up with capacity, especially outdoors. I mean, they're going to definitely continue to focus on outdoor events. Uh, they had their Take It Out Outside initiative, which are continuing to try to push for everything, you know, uh, events, weddings, restaurants. So it's something that they are giving more leniency with doing that. And the other aspect on doing that as well is because of the um, amount of people you can have because there is still an issue going on with the six-foot distancing between tables, and they are not moving on that yet. In fact, none of the states in our area have. So that does kind of put a drawback with some places where they still might be able to um, not reach the capacity that they technically can, can have because they are um, restrictive because of these situations. So we've, I mean, we've definitely pushed out there. We need, right now, they have tables up to tables of eight. We've been pushing for at least try to get tables of 10 or 12 if they're not going to move on the six-foot distancing, even though recently there has been a um, something that's come out from the CDC about three-foot distancing, and um, that's been, you know, effective in some of the schools. But the problem is you have to take your mask off to eat and drink. So they're not doing that in the school environments. So the three foot is, again, that's if it would have been great if that wasn't the case. I think they would have given us more. But because they're literally sitting down and taking their mask off and eating and drinking, that six foot distance, they are they are stuck on that and that has to stay so far. I think it's very uh, important to have the listeners understand that just because your venue can go up to 75 percent, uh, as of right now, and then the, that capacity will probably keep rising. The tables have to be set six feet apart, and right now only eight people can be at a table. So, um, you know, it, it's just important to understand that because, I, you know, I don't want couples coming back to their venues and saying, well, you could, I can have this many people. It really has to do with the square footage. That's also, too, why it's really important to start thinking about outside and 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 because you always have a little bit more distance and more um room i guess i could say outside but that's a good point and i and i did hear that recently about the three feet they're uh, talking about that they're starting to realize that it's okay but you made a good point it still has to do with the mask coming off to eat which is the same reason why we still have a seated cocktail hour Yes, then that's that's I mean, if we could get that three foot distance, uh, that would be great. Even if they could budge a little bit, even if they took from six feet to five feet. I mean, any any bit of movement they can give because the venues, they cannot if they have to follow through those those distances, they cannot change. I mean, they could tell you you could have um, 100 percent capacity inside, but it doesn't matter because it's still based off those distance uh, of the table to table. So um, so it's a little bit misleading sometimes. 
I'm sure also too, Luke, with the changeover of hands with the gov governor recently, it's made a lot of things start to run a little bit smoother, um, maybe a little bit picking up speed a little bit because we did have two people at the helm. So now um, I, I'm assuming that we're going to start to see a few things moving along and also to the vaccines uh, quicker. Is it safe to say that? Uh, vaccines are definitely coming out quicker. Um I mean, they are doing more locations. Uh, they actually just uh, started to do even some of the local grocery stores like Stop and Shop and Walmart doing vaccines. Uh, so the, the vaccines are getting out there. And in reference to the, the governors, we were put on a hold. I mean, it, it's, in a sense, it was our own pause put on by the governor because she was waiting to be... Um, confirmed to be a, uh, you know, Biden's Commerce Secretary. So we literally waited two months, which we thought was going to be a faster process. So it was kind of hands tied for um, Governor McKee to come in. So I think if we didn't have that two month down period, I think we may have had a little bit more progression. Um, and he certainly supports small business. He supports Rhode Island. Um, and he certainly his team has been working with us. In fact, I, I'm working with them on a um, the 100 day transition of kind of moving forward and, and, and kind of putting in things in place to try to see what we can do to bring to them to, to bring awareness. Well, that was actually my next question was, what do you see down the pipeline? What, what are you talking with them about? What are you seeing on their radar? What can you tell our listeners that might be happening down the pipeline? Maybe give them some um, little hope or a little bit of what or I say possibly because everything's possibly. Well, if you've heard, they're expecting that by July 4th, you should be able to get with some of your loved ones and, and kind of celebrate the, the holiday. So I think that everything is kind of aimed towards that. And so I, I, I think we are in a, a progression that we're finally getting to move forward. And if we continue down the path, and as long as there's no unexpected uh, cases where COVID changes things a bit. I mean, w I mean, we should be back to as normal as we can be by the summer. And then even past after that, I, I think that, you know, the fall and, uh, and, and into um, even the holidays, I think we're going to be in a good place. So, you know, I think we'll get everything that we used to have for a traditional wedding over the summer. It, I think that is most likely realistic to stay. I just don't know. The only thing that will vary could be the amount of people and the capacity, and that's just going to vary. Um, again, it's it's hard to tell because we don't we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I will say that um, it does look promising. You know, there are a lot of positive steps in our way. It doesn't look dark and dreary like it did before. You know, it looks like spring's on its way here, and we are ready to grow grow ahead have celebrations, get people back to dancing and going back to what they kind of went with with all of this planning, and that was each other. And so obviously us as, as vendors, we want to make sure we can give that to them. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's here. It's, you know, it's happening. So if you were to tell one of your couples that has a early summer to midsummer to fall wedding, you would feel right now, you know, very positive to say that we're looking at a little bit of normality happening for them. 
I would I would say it's safe to say that. I would definitely say so. And and I even say with the spring weddings, I mean, we will have as much. I mean, there'll still be mask wearing uh, for our spring weddings for sure. I mean, that's that's not going to go away. Um, but you will have dancing. You know, you will get to celebrate. You will get to enjoy and have more of the people instead of some of these smaller 15-person weddings, which we were at one point, that's all we could have. So um, so we have certainly progressed far beyond that, and these spring weddings will, again, are looking at about 100 on average, give or take, with dancing. Those are big two accomplishments that we did not have um, just a few months ago, even a month ago. Right. So my question, Luke, is you were a very successful DJ and then COVID happened. And now all of a sudden you literally are the go to for Rhode Island for our industry. Um, So with that said, what other roles are are you going to start to play in the future right now? You've talked about a a few upcoming events or not um, groups that you're involved with what what are what's Luke Wrenchin doing right now after this well I do got to say that um, with the coalition certainly was a lot of work together with the task force so we we work together Um, I for me I am just if I put myself into something I go 110 percent it's just like my weddings it's just like my events Anything that I do, I, I put all of it into it. And I, I just, I'm relentless with it, almost to the point where um, I, I eat, drink, and sleep that. Like, that's what I do. So when I get into something, I just, I don't stop. So um, right now, we are working, as I mentioned, with uh, on the governor's transition team. I have two groups that I'm part of for the next 100 days to, to kind of implement some change. Um, kind of something I... Didn't, again, expect to, to be a part of, but um, it's interesting to be able to hear and see and, and try to share what people are needing and what they want. Um, I know that beyond that, um, I'm, I'm hoping to continually go back and help couples celebrate. And uh, I mean, I, these I want to see dance floors packed. I want to see couples not having a care in the world but each other and, and, and uh, not have to worry about... Um, what we've had to deal with over the last year. And that's really what I'm, I'm focused on. And, you know, if I can help people in any way going forward, I mean, I've always been about that. Um, so, you know, I don't know what comes my way as we move forward, but, you know, this was all unexpected. I will say, I think back in October when they said when we had the vaccine that things would, um, they would still not be normal. I think that for me was where I I had to step up more and be more active and involved and said, listen, I think we need to get um, kind of together. And a bunch of us started to uh, focus on the um, the plan ahead and try to how how to reopen and how can we also help an industry Um, because that's the other thing. I mean, these couples have been I mean, there's been so much for these couples and also the same thing with the industry. I mean. Industries that support these couples, they've been through the, the the ringer. I mean, there's been so much that they've had to go through, so many sacrifices, so many changes. So, um, I mean, none of us asked for this, um, but we did have to try to find a way to survive it and move forward. And I think we're at that point where, you know, we are um, pulling forward and um, finally being able to uh, to pull ahead. 
I think it's really important for people to understand who's listening. One of the reasons why I, I really wanted you on the show and talk with me is you are directly uh, the bridge. Uh, so everything that they're listening to right now and hearing it from you, you are literally on the transition team. You were, well, you were and now you are working hand in hand with the government. Um, again, I think it's safe to say that it's not you making the regulations. Obviously, I want people to understand that it's not you who's doing it, but you are educating our government about our industry and about the couples who want to celebrate. So um, I just think it's really important that they actually heard it from the spokesperson themselves. Yes, um, we definitely did not try. I mean, we wanted at least restrictions, if not any. Um, but of course, our state would not allow that to happen. So we had to try to, you know, be creative and help them and and then also use the comparison of how others were moving forward with, like, again, other states and, you know, just be as proactive as we can, be creative. And uh, I mean, ultimately, everything that's come down has all been by uh, the state or the different departments. Yeah, that... but at the same time, I, I want, you know, people need to understand that uh, you've been fighting for them. Yeah, we we have been, um, and it's been. Uh, you're you're a DJ that turned into a lobbyist, Luke. Well, and I, and I tell you what, um, there have been some days where you just feel defeated. You know, like no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you, how many times you say it, and you just feel like you hit a brick wall. You know, and, and you just feel like all the wind's been let out of your sail. And then there are those other days where I would get a call. Before they, because a lot of times they would call me before they would announce it, and I would hear it, and I'd have to hold it in, and I can't share it with people, and I was just excited that there was actually some change that's going to happen that was going to be better for our uh, couples, and so um, those were the good days, but there was a lot of bad days, um, you know, but we're seeing a lot of good days, but it was a lot of fight, and a lot of no's, and, and it just... You, you, uh, the problem is you're also fighting with, you know, you're trying to get to the top person and you have to go through all these other channels. And those channels, by the time you get to the top person, it gets overheard over um, or it just gets watered down. So uh, we finally got more positions where we have more of a, 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 a top connection with these um, transitions. And I think those are the things that have been uh, making a difference. So, Luke, you talk about a little bit about how you formed this task force and you've gotten involved and you've been working with the government. But ultimately, there's a lot of hands. There's a lot of uh, opinions. You're dealing with doctors. You're dealing with the state. You're dealing also with the wedding industry. What are some hurdles that you uh, have, have gone through and had to plug on through? Right now, I mean, we've been dealing with the hurdle of dancing. So trying to make that happen. And then... Once they actually start to announce it, there has not, the biggest hurdle has been trying to get them to put it in writing. There are places that don't believe anything until it's in writing. And so, I mean, I've had venues, I have brides, couples, you name it, saying, where is it in writing? I literally had to go on and record part of it on my phone just to record the part of it um, where they had mentioned it during the press conference that they would be dancing just to show that there's proof of it. However, even with that, a lot of the places, a lot of the venues, a lot of couples still skeptical because they want to see it in writing. And I keep reaching out to them. I've reached, reached out for them for weeks for that. 
and asked them to put something in writing and it just kept putting, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to it. We'll work on it. We're working on it. And they just, uh, that has just been like, that's been the thing trying to fight the most on trying to get answers for that. And so, because also people want to plan. And I think that's the problem. And I keep telling them that, like, you just can't throw stuff at us. People need to plan. And, you know, it was just like when they um, implemented testing, like they dropped it on us, like literally said, yeah, you got to have testing now on everybody unless it's 15 or under. And so I'm trying to get them to say, listen, we need to prep. We need to have a timeline. We need to prepare. It's hard to drop things, though we want these things to happen. Um, if we had planned ahead, we can at least say, okay, here's our shoot date for it's just throwing a date out there, you know? And, and I mean, it just was never, um, we just wanted to follow through with having something to look forward to. That's all. And, and sometimes it just never happened. I, I think ultimately too, that, you know, people need to understand is there's so many things that are changing. There's so many announcements that's happening. I mean, right now in Rhode Island, we're still doing our weekly announcements, so I, I have noticed that myself where, and that's in every industry. That's just not only in the cater and weddings and events industry. They'll make an announcement and the, the state of Rhode Island's website will just have a lag. So it sounds like to me that's just been a hurdle, but you've been bringing it to their attention and you're just going to keep bringing it to their attention that we need the, the follow-up um, on the website. But ultimately, is it safe to say that whatever they announce at the press conferences do hold water? I mean, I have not seen something that they announced at a press conference that did not get followed through. It's just a matter of, I think what they do is they try to hold a little bit of time to figure out exactly the guidelines, the details. So it's like when New York, I, I know I keep reporting New York, but New York is an example because they announced things, but they never gave any guidance. So finally, New York put out guidance. And that was, um, and again, that's where I think they all buy time. You know, they announce these things during a press conference, but they are very vague. And so um, in some aspects, it's kind of nice if they were vague, because then you can interpret. Yes. So you can interpret it your own way. Um, But then there are also those that have questions on, okay, well, what does that mean? Again, some people want to see things in writing. So so. ultimately it comes down to the, the, our couples venues and, and how they're interpreting this. I mean, some venues, like you said, some vendors, some venues want things in writing and some are just going to take what happens at this press, at the press conferences. But you all are very well aware that there's a challenge with the lag. Mm -hmm. Luke, for my wrap up question. What are some key points that couples should be asking every vendor when they are planning for their wedding in regards to COVID and the protocols to make sure that their wedding is a perfect day? So I I think I have a few points that I could come and help with. So one, I would find out what the vendors are doing in reference to what happens if they come down with COVID. Uh, Do they have a COVID backup plan? So most of these vendors should be getting a test 48 hours before. So they'll know if the wedding's on Saturday and they take a test on Thursday, then they'll know by Thursday. And so um, I would definitely ask what their backup plan is, if they have another um, person that is on standby, if they, what they're, they're, um, what, how do they handle that, should that be the case? And um, I, I think that's certainly something they need to look at. I think you also need to ask your venue, what happens if I come down with covid 48 hours before the wedding. How does that work? Because you need to find out uh, the venue. If it's 48 hours, they've already ordered food. There are other costs that are involved. 
So find out how that's going to handle and how that's going to work. Um, also, I definitely think that, um, again, if you are not asking about, if you're new and you're signing on to a wedding now, uh, obviously COVID is still present. Um, you are signing a contract during COVID. So you should certainly just make sure you know what, um, what their policies are when it comes to COVID. And so that way, you know what the options are. Now things are getting more specific. I mean, it's not a government shutdown anymore. So um, so you really want to find out what the policies are when it comes to um, booking a new contract during at least this part of the, the first half of the year. And um, again, just to make sure that everything is transparent. So um, it's definitely, again, some things to, to look at and just be prepared. And, and again, I think you're better off to make sure you talk to your venue and find out what their, um, what their requirements are and what they're, how they're handling things uh, because they are the ones that are going to be, obviously, if they're taking care of testing. I know some venues are asking for testing um, 24 hours beforehand, so they're not taking it at the door because they do have to show proof of testing. Um, some are doing it at the door. You know, those are all things that as, you know, while testing is still taking place, you just want to ask. So I know there's a few points there, um, but those are definitely some things you want to start, you know, considering and, and finding out how those things will, uh, come into play. Well, thank you, Luke, so much for joining us. I am going to have you on again um, for the next time will be to talk about your DJ services and the ins and the outs and the secrets of the entertainment industry. But where can the listeners find you right now? So if you want to find me on the uh, website for the coalition, it's rickwep.org. If you want to find me for my entertainment company, it's lukesent.com. That's L-U-K-E-S-E-N-T.com. And you can find me or message me right through there. And, um, you know, we'll definitely see what we can do. If you've got questions on on what's going on with web, weddings coming up, uh, you know, anything I can do. I mean, we've certainly been helping couples and, and, and even industry partners and professionals along the way. So we'll continue to do that until we're 100% back to normal. And um, But we're, we're, we're there. We're, we're, we're on our way. I will definitely, for you all who are listening, I will put Luke's contact information and his website on there. He is very accessible. He's not kidding. He really is. I see him on all the Facebook posts. I see him via email. So if you have any questions um, or if you're looking for a DJ, I will have his information linked up with the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, guys. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. So if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review for this show on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show support and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening.